up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Monday, August 15th. My marathon weekend of drafts over in the books. But there is still plenty of fantasy football drafting to come. I got some home leagues coming up now. This weekend, the following weekend. And, of course, we are getting you set up over at FTNFantasy.com. Go check that out, by the way. Oh, um, yeah, we're going to talk about the... <laughs> Colts and the Texans on the show, uh, but go check out ftnfantasy.com. Uh, it is such a great resource. I'm not just saying it because I, I all my content is there, uh, but I, I we I built a site that I didn't want to leave. You know, honestly, like I don't want to have to bounce around to 15,000 different websites as I'm doing all my fantasy research, uh, and that's what we built at ftnfantasy.com. I recommend the platinum subscription. You get the goods behind the paywall including, obviously, the projections, the rankings, the draft guide, PDF, uh, my draft board in that bad boy, all the cheat sheets, but you also get access to League Sync. You get access to the Discord, so you private chat with yours truly and the rest of our staffers, and, of course, all the advanced stats that our team of charters at FTN Data put together. Uh, it is pretty awesome. Promo code RATPACK will get you 20% off there, so go, uh, go use that promo code. Get yourself set up for... Uh, the drafts this weekend, next weekend. You don't want to be like everybody else using Mike Clay's rankings. Mike Mike is a former colleague of mine, if you don't know. Uh, and, and, of course, a lot of people use his rankings because he works for a four-letter network in, in Bristol, Connecticut, and they're pretty widely available. But you don't want to be using the same stuff as everybody else, right? So hook it up, ftnfantasy.com, promo code RATPACK for 20% off. Uh, let's dive in. To the Houston Texans, because I'll go in alphabetical order. Uh, and I want to start with the backfield. Now, if you've been listening to me since April, you know that I have been pretty firm on my stance that Damian Pierce is the best back in this backfield and that he was going to work his way up through. He may not be the number one from the jump, but he will eventually take over because the cream rises in the NFL. Well, most people disagreed with me there because for some strange reason, people love Marlon Mack. It's a great mystery. Nobody knows. It's like, it's up there, right? It's up there. Uh, what happened before the Big Bang? Why do people love Marlon Mack? How were the pyramids built? Marlon Mack, why do people love him? It's right up there, right? I never got it. He hasn't done anything since 2019. There's, yes, maybe there was some opportunity on this depth chart, but after they took Pierce, that opportunity, I think, went away. And now, now, after the preseason, the first week of the preseason, it looks like some other people have maybe figured out, oh, wait, Damian Pierce is pretty good. So he's going to continue to be a middle-round target for me. Unfortunately, where we used to be able to get him in, like, round 11, it's probably, like, round 9 or 8 now, which, but still, that's fine. And yes, it's not a great team, but there's still going to be plenty of opportunity on this roster. Uh, no, no interest in Mac for me whatsoever. Um, let's move over. All right, so Davis Mills has a very long runway this season. I don't think this is a team that, like, say Jimmy Garoppolo is cut. I don't think they would sign Jimmy Garoppolo. It doesn't really make sense for them because they have really one of two pathways with Davis Mills. Either Davis Mills ends up being a pretty solid, like Kirk Cousins-like starting quarterback, which Honestly, if they get that with a third-round pick, that's great. 
I mean, that's phenomenal. And then they could ride him out on his rookie deal, continue to improve the roster, let Nick Casario uh, do his thing at general manager and, you know, instill the Patriot way uh, and, and keep rolling from there. Or he really just isn't cut out to be a starting quarterback and the team isn't that good. And guess what? They're going to be a top five pick next year. And we could see, you know, it could be another year like 2021 where we have three quarterbacks going to first three picks. It's that type of class. So he's going to have a long leash. I mean, I guess in super flex leagues, he could be your third quarterback. He actually tends to maybe go a little earlier than I've been grabbing my third quarterback because if I can get Jared Goff around later, I mean, yeah, (laughs) this is the reality of super flex leagues. Then I'm going to do that. Uh, But I think Davis Mills is enough. He showed he was enough last year to sustain value for Brandon Cooks, who was a uh, coming off of the most consistent season of his career. He's the clear top target there for this offense. And I don't mind Brandon Cooks as, like, my third receiver. Now, you know, sometimes he's being drafted in the range where he might have to get him as your second. Uh, if you do hammer wideouts early, though, you could easily walk out of your draft with, with him as your third. That's a solid third receiver. Uh, Nico Collins is, it looks like he's fast-tracked to the number two job. I liked him coming into the league. He He's another one of these guys. Like, all these guys, these Michigan guys, are, like, super athletic. It, it seems that – I guess that's what Jim Harbaugh goes after there in recruiting. But, like, guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones, super athletic. Uh, Chris Evans, super athletic. Here, here's another one, super athletic. But also with a prime opportunity on a super thin depth chart. He's going to be a late-round guy, but actually one of the wideouts. If I'm going to take a stab at late-round wideouts, I'm not drafting the Jarvis Landrys of the world who have no ceiling. I'm going to draft a guy like Nico Collins. Now, granted, when you swing for the fences, when you try and hit a home run, all right, yeah, baseball analogy. That actually, believe it or not, that pisses people off sometimes. They're like, why do you use baseball analogies for football? All right, bro, if you're trying to score a touchdown, I don't know. It it works better, that's why. (laughs) But if you try to hit a home run, sometimes you strike out. And in a late with a late-round pick, I'm willing to do that. So going after it here. Uh, As far as tight end is concerned, uh, good luck. I mean, I guess Brevin Jordan. But he's not going to be fantasy viable. You know, it's just, yeah, one week, Brevin Jordan will score – uh, two touchdowns. He'll have three catches for 27 yards and two touchdowns. He'll be like tight end two for the week. And everybody's going to say, pick up Brevin Jordan. And then that'll be the last we've heard of him. So I I, don't, I just don't think there's much there. Uh, it's pretty straightforward on that team. I mean, Damian Pierce, really intriguing. Brandon Cooks is like the solid pick. And then obviously a ton of upside with Nico Collins. Let's move over to Indianapolis, which is a team that has a little bit more stability at quarterback, obviously, this year than they did last year with Carson Wentz out of the mix. Matt Ryan there now. He's 37 years old, but honestly, I thought he looked sharp in the the, the preseason debut. Uh, he is a savvy quarterback. He is maybe, you know, he's not going to he's not gonna be launching the ball 80 yards in the air or anything like that, but can he run an offense? Can he, uh, you know, recognize what defenses are doing against him? Of course, he can do all of those things that you really want him to do, and let's be clear, this is a run-heavy offense when you have Jonathan Taylor, so he's not going to have to do a ton. He's not going to have to put the team literally on his back. Right now, I'm projecting him at 520 passing attempts. Should get him around 4,000 yards if he has 23, 24, 25 touchdown passes. He's a mid-range kind of boring QB2 option. 
But he should be more than enough for Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, Michael Pittman Jr. had a breakout season last year with Carson Wentz. And, you know, we, we know historically, all right, one area Matt Ryan may struggle a little bit with is is the touchdown conversions. I mean, that was always the knock with Julio Jones. It was the knock last year with Kyle Pitts. And I don't think it was either of those guys. I think, you know, the directionality of uh, production flows from quarterback to wide out or to pass catcher, let's say. So there's maybe a minor concern there, but honestly, you know, we're going to see well into the triple digits for targets for Michael Pittman. We are, I think he could approach, he could approach 90 catches this year. I'm projected at 85 and a half, should go well over a thousand yards. And even if he only scores five or six touchdowns, that's still going to be more than good enough to place him right on the edge of wide receiver one territory. Right, he is a. It, it, this is he isn't even a breakout candidate. He already broke out last year. Now he's gonna. This is the year where he solidifies his status in that range for fantasy football purposes. Now, I'm not gonna overdraft. I'm not gonna overdraft anybody. It's just silly to overdraft. But I'm not gonna hesitate if he's available and uh, you know really be typically like my second wideout. I'm not gonna hesitate on that man. Not going to hesitate at all. What he showed last year, there were a couple moments. There were some wow moments last year. Run after catch ability, uh, the the size, and just the overall. He's really polished for uh, such a young receiver. Well, I mean, granted, it's his third year in the league, but still, so so polished. Now, beyond Pittman, we have Paris Campbell, we have Alec Pierce. Those are the two guys sort of duking it out for uh, number two job. Uh, Paris Campbell... So dynamic, so athletic. But of course, the great mystery with Paris Campbell is, you know, can he stay healthy? And I I don't have answers for those. I know some people like to go out there and 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 try and predict injuries, or they'll use injury narratives for one player and then they won't for another player, even though you could. We have to acknowledge he he gets hurt a lot. He does. But we also have to acknowledge that if he somehow managed to stay healthy, like first and foremost, that's a that's a type of weapon this team has not really had recently. And if he stays healthy, then there's obviously some appeal for him as a late round guy. I think you just kind of have to pick your poison though. Do you go after him or do you go after Alec Pierce, who the team obviously had plans for? They prioritized him in the NFL draft this uh, this year. Coming out of Cincinnati was Desmond Ritter's top target. Bigger body guy, going to play on the outside, not much in the inside. I mean, of course, these guys are going to move around the formation, but really primarily Paris Campbell would be that slot option. You kind of pick your poison because obviously it's Michael Pittman first, then. And maybe it ends up just being that these guys are fairly equal in terms of targets, but if one of them does emerge, then you're talking about you know a little bit of a nice ROI. Uh, because you don't, you're not going to have to draft either until the late rounds. Um, and honestly, Pierce may go undrafted. Maybe maybe Campbell does too if you're in a, a regular 12-team league. But they're interesting. As far as tight end is concerned, yes, Mo Alley-Cox is clearly locked in as the top guy. But I definitely do not want to go too overboard here. He is not draftable as far as I'm concerned. He is. I don't even think he's a 3-for-32 guy. I mean, they do have Kylan Granson. They drafted Jelani Woods, and I'll talk about Woods in a second here. But 
I don't know if there's enough meat on the bone, especially in a run-heavy offense where there's going to be so many targets that go to to Pittman. Uh, there's going to be a good share between Campbell and Pierce, and you have Naeem Hines out of the backfield. I just don't think there's anything there uh, with with Mo Ali Cox. Unfortunately, you know, again, he'll like Brevin Jordan. He'll have a week where maybe he scores two touchdowns, and then he's the big tight end ad of the week. And then the next week, he has one catch for twelve yards. Right? That's just tight end. We for, people collectively forget about that every year, but that is the nature of the position. Jelani Woods. All right, so Jelani Woods to me is very Logan Thomas esque, except unlike Thomas, he is not converting to tight end at the pro level. He actually already did convert, but he is he's a former quarterback converted to tight end. He is super athletic. Like this is one of those classic. He checks all of those boxes, but he's so green at the position that he's going to really have. I mean, he's going to have a lot of learning to do in the next couple years. If you drafted Jelani Woods in Dynasty, just be prepared. Like, you're probably not going to see anything out of him. I mean, it might be 2025, 2026 when we see something out of this dude. Like, that's the one rub in Dynasty at tight end. Sometimes, man, you, you plant the seed and it takes forever for that darn seed to grow. But I do believe in the overall ceiling. I believe in the the athletic chops. When you have those things that you can't teach, I mean, you just have to learn the things you can teach, and uh, we have we have to hope that he does. Now, it took Logan Thomas forever to to learn, but we saw that that finally did come together there in 2020. Obviously, last season was cut short, but it was largely because Logan Thomas is a really athletic dude. You just had to learn how to play tight end at the NFL level, and and really that's what we're going to see out of Jelani Woods, I think, as well. All right, Jonathan Taylor. I think clearly there's no choice for me. If I'm first overall, I'm not going to overthink it. And that's true even in a two-quarterback super flex league because I'm going to wait until 10 quarterbacks are drafted in that format before I address the position. So I'm just going to take Jonathan Taylor first overall. He is as durable as they come. He is a player who... Certainly, I mean, he came within shouting distance. He was—it's not like he was right up against 2,000 rushing yards last year, but he was like it was on the horizon, right? It was close enough. I, it would not surprise me if if we see a 2,000-yard season out of him here in the next year or two. It wouldn't surprise me, and that's a big number. Even in a 17-game season, that's a big number. He isn't going to catch a ton of passes out of the backfield, but he's going to see a tick more than like the Derrick Henrys of the world, right? You know, instead of one per game, maybe he's more like two per game. Just over two per game. I'm 38 catches. So all of that added up. The consistency, the fact that the offense is built around him. Really, you get the solid offensive line. You have his playmaking ability. He's the type of guy who isn't going to just move the chains. He could take anything to the house. I mean, he's just all around phenomenal. So the question then is, you know, if you draft him, what are you doing to cuff him? Because if you draft him, you should cuff him. If you draft a top 10 running back, you should cuff the top 10 running back. So for me, it is Philip Lindsay. Even though I, you know, you look at a depth chart, you'll see Naeem Hines is number two on the depth chart. Guess what? If Jonathan Taylor did go down, Naeem Hines' role does not change. He remains a passing down back. He is not an early down, move the chains grinder. And Lindsey, actually, when you look at Lindsey's career, what has he done? Primarily early down work. He's not really that great in the passing game. So it would make sense. Now, it would be more of a a split than what we currently have. Like right now, it's Jonathan Taylor, 
gets almost all that work in the run game, Naeem Hines will get sprinkled in. He would be a little bit more than sprinkled in uh, if it was Lindsey, but I do think that Lindsey would be the primary ball carrier. And these offenses, a lot of times, man, they really don't want to have to completely reshape what they do just because there's an injury. So keep that one in mind there with, uh, it, with you know, if you, if you happen to draft Jonathan Taylor. All right. Uh, hey, by the way, since we are back, uh, please give us a review. Uh, if you like the show, review and uh, uh, stars, you know, you know how they do it there. Uh, that will really help us out. Uh, and uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody following along on Twitter at Jeff Ratcliffe. And, and shout out to all the people who came and said hi at the expo in Canton, Ohio this past weekend, man. I the industry continues to grow. I was blown away by how many people were there. It was pretty freaking awesome. Uh, if you missed it, you should go next year. I'm telling you. You should also check out FTNFantasy.com, promo code RATPACK for 20% off. And remember, I'm also doing the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast, so go subscribe to that bad boy as well. And, uh, yeah, we're going to continue on. Up next, uh, we have the Jags and the Chiefs, baby. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.